Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today on Everybody's Gotta Eat, where I help busy moms like me get dinner on the table. I am so excited for today's episode where I dive deeper in how to get your kids to eat the meals for week five, the recipe that I'm sharing with you. And I am so happy about the guest that I have today who is sharing some really valuable expert information on how to get your kids to eat. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast and leave a review if you are liking what you're hearing. That helps me so much as a podcaster and I truly appreciate all of the support. In the past couple of episodes, I have discussed how overwhelming and frustrating it can be to feed your children and how it can bring a lot of stress. And the key takeaway is we cannot take action from a place of stress or fear or frustration. It doesn't work. It's not sustainable. And so when we think about how overwhelming it can be to get your kids to eat what is on the table, it is so important to remember that we have to come from a place of grace and gentleness. And we have to realize that their experience with food is exploring and experimenting and learning. We have to be willing to look at eating as just another thing that kids are learning how to do. If you really think about it, we are all lifelong learners of food, right? So we go to a restaurant, we try something new, and we decide whether or not we like it. We experiment in the kitchen with new recipes that we find to see if it works out for us. We're constantly learning what is making our bodies feel good or not feel good. And we're constantly learning about what is healthy and what is not and how that's ever-changing. So if we as parents can change our mindset from it being a daily struggle or a challenge to get your child to eat to really a chance for them to learn more about food and experiment enough to really make progress in their journey with eating and with food. Practically speaking, I want to give you some tips that you can try to see if it helps your children. Of course, like I said before, it's trial and error, and we just have to try new things and see what works and what sticks and what helps your individual children. A big one for me is using dips or sauces or cheese to get your child to at least try something new or to help them get more vegetables. There are so many healthy options out there on the grocery shelves. They've come a long way, and so you can get healthy dips. You can look for different sauces. And at the end of the day, I feel like if they want to dip their broccoli in ketchup, you do you, kid. If that's what's going to get them to eat, I'm all for it. I make a lot of homemade ranch using Greek yogurt and a ranch dip packet that you can find at the store. Of course, my kids love ketchup barbecue sauce. My oldest actually really likes spicy, so she'll sometimes use buffalo sauce. But really just experiment and pick up a different kind of sauce or dip at the store and see if they like it and see if, you know, oh, you can have this and you can dip this vegetable in it or you can dip your chicken in it. Whatever it is that they may be having more difficulty eating, offer them a sauce. It really makes a difference for them. And again, like I mentioned last episode, It helps give them that sense of autonomy when they are able to say, yes, I will eat this food, but can I have ketchup with it? And you are showing them that it's okay if they take ownership of their food and their eating. Another tip I have is to try to serve and cook foods in different ways. 
For example, for vegetables, that can mean cooked versus raw or baked in the oven versus steamed on the stove. What's really surprising to me is I was cooking with a lot of cooked broccoli. I would just basically steam it on the stove and serve it because my mindset was they're definitely going to want this food to be soft. Come to find out, my kids prefer raw vegetables. They prefer to have raw broccoli and dip it in the ranch that I mentioned earlier. That's how they prefer to have a lot of their vegetables, which is really interesting to me and really surprising. So it helped me see, okay, you can try different things because you never know what your kid is going to like. And that brings me to my guest for today, who shares a lot of insight on this very topic. And so today's episode is structured a little bit differently because I want you to continue to listen to more advice about helping your kids eat. After you hear from her, I will get into the meals for the week and the recipe. Samantha Goldman, also known as Dr. Sam Goldman on Instagram, helps families bring the magic back into their mealtimes. The parents that she supports dream of their child having a happy, healthy relationship with food. But when their child has feeding challenges and just won't eat, they're left feeling lost, concerned, and like a bad parent. Through her 10 years of experience as an occupational therapist, she saw firsthand how these eating difficulties not only affected a child's health, but their family dynamics. She realized that parents were lacking the resources and guidance they needed to feed their child. So she made them herself. In her exclusive Food Explorers membership, she teaches parents how to create peaceful, no-pressure mealtimes where you can spend time connecting with your family instead of focusing on food battles with your child. And in her Making Sense of Eating course, she teaches parents how to help their child overcome sensory issues at the table so they can start exploring and trying new foods. Hi there. Thank you so much for inviting me to share today. My name is Samantha Goldman, but most people know me from my Instagram name, at Dr. Sam Goldman. My background is as an occupational and feeding therapist, helping children overcome feeding and developmental challenges. In my personal business, I teach parents how to help their child explore new foods and increase their variety the fun way through my Food Explorers membership and Making Sense of Eating course. That's why I'm here with you today, to share some insight with you on how to help overcome mealtime challenges. Meal prepping and feeding children is hard. And it's even more challenging when your child struggles with eating. So I thought I'd share three of my favorite dinner tips with you. Tip number one, one of the biggest challenges parents seem to face is family dinners and being a short order cook. What do I mean by this? Many parents struggle to help their child eat the same dinner they are eating. So they end up making their child an entirely different meal. And then if their child refuses that one, a whole different meal again. And this is exhausting. Many parents wonder, is this what I should be doing? Should I be forcing them to eat what I'm eating? Or should I be making them their own meal each time? My preference is somewhere in the middle. We definitely don't want you to be a short order cook because that's not sustainable for you or fun. But your child still needs time to learn and get used to new foods. So here's what I like to do. Start by adding just one small piece of whatever meal you make for yourself on their plate alongside the preferred food that you are serving. This creates a sense of inclusion in your mealtime. We're not forcing them to eat this piece. I'm never a fan of forcing personally. We're just working on getting them comfortable with it on their plate. 
once they are readily accepting this food on their plate and it's not a constant fight, we then start to work towards including them even more. This leads me to tip number two, deconstructing meals. This is a wonderful technique for helping children learn to eat family dinners. Most meals that we make are mixed textures. This means it's a combination of different textures put together into one. Many children with feeding challenges struggle to eat these mixed textures because it takes more energy for the brain and the sensory system. When we deconstruct a meal, we break it down into single components. For example, a taco. We would break it down into the individual components, the meat, the cheese, the tomatoes, instead of putting it all together. I like to offer one or two of these components on your child's plate, along with one to two of their safe foods. A safe food is a food your child would predictably and happily eat about 80% of the time. The really cool thing about this is that you can include both foods they like and foods you like in the meal together. For example, if rice is their safe food, you can easily include this next to a taco. If they like pasta, you can easily deconstruct a pasta bowl by giving them plain pasta and a tiny piece of meatball on the side. Think about what your child likes and consider how this can be included in a deconstructed meal. Then we move on to tip number three, exploring these foods. So a very common misconception is that we just expect a child to eat a food once it's put on their plate. But the truth is a child doesn't know what to expect from a food until they try it, which is really overwhelming. They need time to interact and learn about it first. Think about the first time you tried sushi. Did you just shove it in your mouth because someone told you it was good? Probably not. You likely looked at it, watched someone else eat it, considered how it would feel in your mouth, poked it with chopsticks, and then took a teeny tiny bite to see how it felt. Kids need this grace too as they learn about a food, and we call this exploring. So once we introduce a new food, instead of focusing on taking a bite, we want to focus on how can you help them become more comfortable with it. Explore how it looks, the smells, the touch, and the taste. Have some fun with it. Bounce it on the table, squish it in your fingers, or stack your food. Help your child interact and take small steps with the food so they can learn about it before they put it in their mouth. One thing that is really missing for a lot of families is fun and enjoyment at the table. We want the table to be a place kids look forward to instead of fighting and exploring foods instead of forcing bites really creates a space for this. So there you have it. My three really quick tips to start helping with mealtime struggles. If you're looking for more, please come join me at Dr. Sam Goldman on Instagram and check out my Food Explorers podcast, where I share weekly episodes on how to help your child become a confident and happy eater. Thank you so much for sharing this, Dr. Goldman. I really appreciate it. Wow. Some really helpful information that I think we all can implement at the dinner table. And I will put a link in my show notes to her Instagram and her podcast so you can continue to learn from her and her awesome tips that she shares. Okay, it's time for the meals for week five. And I am sharing these every week so that you can literally write them down and know what you're making for that week. 
Or you can say, oh, that's a great idea. Or that reminds me of a different recipe that I wanted to try. It's all to give you inspiration or to literally have your meals planned out for next week. Week five has chicken and dumplings on Monday, tamale bowls on Tuesday, Korean beef with rice and spinach on Wednesday, spaghetti with salad on Thursday, shrimp and rice noodle soup on Friday, lemon garlic chicken with smashed potatoes on Saturday, and I leave Sunday open as a flex day in case anything comes up during the week or I decide to run through that drive through or order that takeout because that is perfectly okay to do and I am learning to give myself grace and be gentle with myself and make sure that I am taking care of myself as well. Okay, I'm really excited about the recipe that I'm sharing today because my good friend had a Christmas party back in December and she made homemade tamales and they were amazing. And I was like, oh gosh, they're so good, but man, are they time consuming. How can I still get all the flavors of a tamale without so much work? And so I came up with tamale bowls. They're not exactly a tamale, obviously, but you get all the flavors and they're so delicious and it's very reminiscent of a tamale. So you are going to need one and a half pounds of ground turkey, one packet of taco seasoning, a half a cup of water, one 15-ounce can of pinto beans, one cup of frozen corn, one 5-ounce bag of fresh baby spinach, one tablespoon of olive oil, one 18-ounce roll of the pre-cooked polenta, one 8-ounce bag of shredded cheddar cheese, and one bunch of cilantro roughly chopped. So you are going to start out by browning your ground turkey in a 5-quart saute pan over medium-high heat. You're going to add the taco seasoning and the water, and you're going to stir it and let it simmer for a few minutes. Then you add the pinto beans, corn, and the spinach. And I have mentioned this in previous episodes, but with the spinach, you buy fresh spinach, put it straight into your freezer, and then right before you need it, you take it out and you crumple it into tiny pieces inside the bag with your hands and it makes it really easy because it's frozen and so it's like fall leaves that are crunching in the bag and you can just pour that directly into what you're cooking and it makes it so easy and it makes sure that you're preserving that spinach that goes bad so fast in the fridge by putting it in the freezer. Okay, so you've added all of those ingredients. You're going to cook that for another couple minutes and then you're just going to turn off the heat. You are going to then slice the polenta roll into thin chunks. It doesn't have to be perfect. It can be roughly chopped. And so in a separate saute pan, you're going to heat one tablespoon of olive oil. You're going to add that polenta that you have sliced and saute it for a few minutes until warmed through. To assemble the bowls, you're going to put some polenta on the bottom, then your ground turkey mixture, put some shredded cheese on the top, and then top it with cilantro. And that is literally it. I love this recipe. My kids love this recipe. We eat a lot of grits, and so the polenta is very similar to that, and so my kids really enjoyed this dinner. This recipe is really great for when you're craving that tamale, but you don't have the time or the energy to make the real thing. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and I really appreciate you taking the time to listen in. And I hope you found this information helpful. I hope that you are encouraged and inspired. 
and I hope that you have dinners planned out for next week because that's really what I want to do. I really want to help my fellow busy moms out there get dinner on the table with less stress and more simple. I hope you all have a wonderful day and happy and healthy meal planning.